This is a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music collab. Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of Quite the Music for 2022. I am always, I'm your host Gary Morris and joining us on this episode we have Quite the Guest. Uh, from the Netherlands it is producer and remixer extraordinaire, the wonderful Matt Pop. Evening Matt, how are we? Thank you Gary, good, good evening, great to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, doing something slightly different with, with this episode. Uh, regular listeners will know we have mainly focused predominantly on performers and, and singers in previous shows and people from stage and screen, uh, from uh, kind of pop bands. But this is our first kind of foray into behind the scenes production uh, type uh, material and people that are maybe slightly unfamiliar with yourself Matt will certainly know some of the artists that you've worked with over the years uh, some of the heavyweights of the pop industry such as Alexa of Erasure, uh, RuPaul, The Mighty Steps um, and True. many many more so um, thank you very much for, for joining us uh, your official YouTube channel um, is a great host of a lot of your archive content but um, as of 2019, over 10 million views on YouTube. And really what we wanted to do on this episode was really kind of break down the mechanics of behind the scenes music production and how really you got involved in that and some of the stories I think you, you can you can tell of working with some of those wonderful people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, in general, I just started uh, for myself. I've always been doing remixes and uh, sort of fiddling with music at home. And, you know, very simple in the beginning when I was about 20, 30, I had a tape recorder and one synth and I had a couple of cheap synths as well. Sort of, you know, those plasticky uh, Casio ones. Um, but gradually I got more stuff, got more professional, got more experienced. And then um, I ended up buying a proper big sort of workstation synth that you could program uh, 16 channels. So you could really build up a proper track and it really snowballed from there. And I, as my, my uh, productions got more sort of uh, professional to my ears anyway, I started sharing them. Um, I remember sending out a track to a Dutch magazine called Interface, which is um, a music producer's um, magazine about you know tech stuff, and uh, and they actually chose my demo to uh, to discuss on the uh, on the DVD that came with the mag, uh, which was very nice. And um, you know I tried sending out uh, stuff, sort of instrumentals I had done to record labels in the beginning. And uh, that never 
uh, went anywhere. So then uh, YouTube came along and that's really where it all started. Yeah, and I think people that are familiar with your work, Matt, will, will know that you, you seem to have quite a, a kind of signature sound um, that kind of works through some of your kind of your, your remixes. And tell us a little bit about how you kind of stumbled across the, the kind of the Matt Pop formula. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I just do what I like. I work on a track until I enjoy listening to it. That's really the uh, the main the main thing. Um, and, you know, you, you can't help making certain choices when, you know, your own taste is involved. So, you know, why do you pick that sound, you know, that synth? Why do you choose that uh, chord change? That's all down to my own personal tastes in music. And I guess that all those, you know, it's hundreds of micro decisions when you do a remix or um, a production. So I think all those decisions combined make up your sound. So I don't think it's one specific thing, but I do think that um, I hope that one thing that um, that is in all my productions is uh, melody. I I'm not one to you know to do a club mix that's just centered around one note for six minutes. You know they exist and some of them really work, but that's not how I how I make music. Hmm. So I, I prefer to have a proper song at its base. Um, and also, um, obviously, I have a penchant for um, 80s sounds, sort of classic synth yeah. sounds. Um, but I like to think that within those parameters, I can still uh, try different types of music. I think I've done sort of, you know, synth wavy stuff and sort of proper handbag dance pop stuff and uh, some more house orientated stuff, some disco. Um, so yeah, it is also the track itself dictates what it's going to be. So I've been familiar with your work for quite a while. Um, regular listeners will know that I'm a self-proclaimed massive Steps fan. So um, you've worked on remixing a few of their tracks and that's where I kind of first came um, aware of uh, you as a kind of a remixer. And, People of my kind of generation, that just turned forty, will, will, will remember the the kind of joy of kind of mid nineties buying CD singles of pop artists oh, because yeah. the the flip sides and the the kind of bonus tracks were all remixes of the the same track, and that kind of created a, a bit of a kind of a generation of people that from me are are used to hearing four or five versions of the same song in slightly different iterations depending on the, the remixer and kind of people like Slee Sisters and Seventh Heaven and uh, Almighty have all kind of really developed a kind of niche for that and certainly you've kind of played a part in that so how do you kind of go about getting onto track four on a, a CD single of <laughs> a band like Steps or um, many of the other ones that you've done in the past? Well, it um, basically comes down to being asked because, um, um, uh, you know, I've, I did a lot of uh, bootlegs. So I just I just did mixes for fun of existing tracks um, unofficially, put them on YouTube. And that's how a couple of my uh, clients first uh, reached out to me, which um, I mean, one of them is RuPaul. Mm. Um, I remixed a track by him called um, uh, Let's Turn the Night, which I really loved. 
I basically took the album version and remixed it and put it on YouTube and uh, Boo um, reached out to me and said, can I release it? And I was, of course, over the moon. Mm. And this was about uh, 12, 13 years ago now. I mean, he was a he was a big name then, uh, yeah. but he wasn't as stratospheric as he is now after course, the yeah. whole drag, drag race phenomena. So I'm very proud that um, I came on board and uh, we've done a lot more since. And similar with steps, I mean, the the guy who was doing the uh, the steps uh, box set or the uh, you know the compilation Stomp, I think it was, mm. that my remix ended up on. Um, he basically said uh, he reached out to me. He knew my work, and he wanted a remix of "Sail Be Mine" because it had never been remixed. It had you know been a single, but there were never any sort of dance mixes for it. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a question of uh, building a name for yourself, and hopefully someone with connections will notice you and think, well, you know, we could ask this Met guy, and uh, and that yeah, that's how the ball started rolling, really. Sure. And is there any sort of pitching from your side? So you hear a track and you go, right, I really want to put my own spin on that, and then send that off to uh, an artist to go. I've I've done a mix of your work. Yeah, I have done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I have done that. I mean, uh, you need to have a certain, um, well, it helps if you have a foot in the door already, of course. Mm. I mean, with Almighty Records, I've done quite a few mixes for them. And um, I actually asked them if they would let me remix uh, Amorose, which I just love that song. Um, So they said, sure. And they, uh, they looked up the vocals for me. And uh, that ended up being on We Love Met Pop Volume 2, the compilation. So that was really my idea. Um, and of course, if it's a track that you really want to do, uh, that makes it you know, all that much easier and more fun. Um, and of course, uh, ABBA is a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, you, may, <laughs> you may be aware of the fact that um, I've done a lot of unofficial ABBA mixes that uh, you know, many, many ABBA fans seem to enjoy. And when you know when the there was talk of uh, this uh, the, the new songs being released, even before we we really didn't know anything sort of last year, but I did um, ask their management, uh, Gerald Hanser, you know if they were considering remixes for the new songs at all, and if mm. they would in that case consider me, and that I thought it you know it would make commercial sense to as you know. I have a bit of a following in the ABBA world, but yeah. um, <laughs> they were quite clear. She was uh, very firm and said, no, ABBA don't allow remixes. And there was that. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a long shot anyway, but it's. I thought it was um, exciting enough to get an answer. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you'd imagine that they get pitched quite a lot for that. Um, so um, the fact that they even took the time to come back to you um, <laughs> is probably a yeah. um, testament to to the your kind of profile out there but they they don't seem to like um even stuff going on youtube or anything like that now so they i think they're they're quite strict in terms of the whole copyright stuff so yep they are um so in terms of doing a remix uh, and uh, this is probably a, a kind of chicken and egg question but how long would a standard typical map pop remix take you to put together from start to finish 
Well, I like to um, quote two weeks when people say, oh, can you do it? You know, often people uh, want it done yesterday, but I, I like to have at least two weeks. Um, uh, but, you know, under pressure, I have done mixes of in about a week time, which means really a few days of uh, eight hours uh, nonstop working on them. Mm. And it also depends on the material you get. I mean, I have... Uh, Don mixes for Nikki French, for example. She uh, is a wonderful uh, singer and also a backup singer on her own material. Uh, and she provides a huge amount of vocal tracks that you know you need to sort sort them out, um, polish everything, and you know time and tune everything where needed. And it, it takes a lot of work to get everything sounding nice. So in that case, you'll need a couple of days on the vocals alone. Um, but if you get a fully formed and fully produced vocal, like I usually do with RuPaul, where another producer has already done all the hard work and it's uh, basically a remix of a finished track, you can you know, dive in straight away and start playing around with rhythms and sounds. And a mix like that can be done in, in, in under a week. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, in terms of remixing and producing, is it slightly different skills required for it? or Because um, I know you, you've done producing work as well that, that's going to be out with uh, your own kind of remix work. Yeah, I mean, uh, producing, uh, like I said, in the uh, Nicky French or uh, versus RuPaul example, uh, you tend to get uh, fully formed vocals when you do a remix. So you can just uh, quickly just concentrate on doing a new backing track and arrangement. In a production, you often start from zero. And uh, so there's a, there's a bit more work involved, a bit more technical stuff, you know, getting vocals to, to be smooth and, and sort of not, uh, you know, no harsh peaks and stuff. That's, uh, that's a lot of work. But um, in remixes, it's often, it comes from a, a club uh, sort of point of view. So you, you, you usually end up trying for uh, something with more of a beat. Mm. And for example, producing album tracks for the likes of, say, Peter Wilson or Nicky French or Adam Lopez, uh, that, there might be a ballad as well, or, you know, sort of a mid-tempo track or a slowy, which I enjoy when there's no pressure for it to be exciting or, you know, sort of club ready. Um, and that tends to be the case with uh, productions that I do. Uh, so yeah, there's, but the, you know, the, the skills, uh, are similar for both. Nope. You still need to, you know, st still need to do an arrangement, uh, do the chords, play the instruments and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and how many instruments w would you say that, that you, you play or you're, you're familiar with that, that you use on your tracks? Well, I've done, um, the only thing I actually studied was drums. When I was uh, a teenager, I did uh, drum lessons. Uh, so I, I used to have a drum kit and um, I got rid of that when I started to get more into keyboards. Um, but actually everything I do now is, uh, is in the computer sites, so all keyboards um, since. But of course, that's the, the technical side of it, but musically, you still have to be the drummer and the bass player and the string arranger because you know all those instruments um, need different uh, yeah different ways of playing and different chords and 
how they play together. So I like to think that uh, you know I am an arranger in that sense. But actually, physically playing guitar or bass guitar, I wouldn't know how to start. No, no, no that's fair enough. Um, me neither, to be fair. I just like okay. To <laughs> but um, one of the things that kind of when I've been doing my kind of research before I came on to kind of have a chat with you uh, on this show, Matt, was around some of those bootlegs that you, you spoke about at the beginning of the show. Uh, and some of the stuff that I've been kind of really impressed with is where you kind of take two very different songs kind of mash them together um uh, and there's a few on the the kind of unofficial kind of youtube channel which i know you, you don't really take anything to do with but um fans out there have kind of collected some of your kind of bootleg stuff and put it out there but there's a really interesting kind of version there of the, the really recent coldplay track uh, that did with bts um that you've oh, yeah. uh, mixed in with uh, the 80s classic uh, betty davis eyes uh, from from ken carnes and you don't really think of those two songs together until you hear them both. And then you go, that actually is a really perfect two songs to kind of mash together. Well, that's, that's the best thing. If you, if you can do a mashup where people think, Oh my God, yeah, that's, that really works. Um, that's what you're looking for. Um, and ideally in a surprising way, um, I think, I mean, to me, the, um, the Coldplay versus Kim Carnes mashup was, was, rather obvious when you, once you hear it you say ah of course yes yeah, it's, it's yeah. almost the same riff <laughs> and i was certainly not the first to notice because there were other remixes out there um but um i felt i i would do one anyway but yeah i i actually have a little um a little book like a little diary where i uh, used to write down tracks that i liked by artists i like like depeche mode and eurythmics and yazoo and whatever abba and just put you know, put the song in the book, the song name with the key it was in. And then at a certain point when I started looking for a cappella tracks on the internet, I would s sort of just look in my list and see which two tracks were both in C minor or, you know, in D major. And then that's, that's of course, the first prerequisite when you are going to mix two songs, they need to sound well together. And that has to do with harmonics and, um, you know, chords, basically. Uh, so and then that's that sometimes uh, gave me ideas just because I found two songs in the same key. Um, for example, I've done one mega mix of Depeche Mode, which was sort of a mashup mega mix type thing with short bits of songs uh, playing through each other and into another, and that was called uh, D minor mega mix because they were all in D minor. I just <laughs> Uh, search for all Depeche Mode songs that uh, fitted that key. Mm. So it's it's a bit of a puzzle and a game for me sometimes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a Mega Mix myself. I've got to be honest. I think one of my all-time favourites is the Venga Boys uh, Mega Mix, which uh, I think they released on their Greatest Hits album, and that's a, that's Ooh. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it is. Yeah, I love the Venga Boys. Brilliant. Um, so we've talked a little bit about your kind of musical influences uh, and obviously liking those kind of 80s uh, type bands. Now, very recently, you've been involved with the kind of, I'm not going to say relaunch, but the, the kind of comeback single from Tight Fit, who people yeah. will certainly remember from uh, The Line Sleeps Tonight uh, back in the 80s. But how did you get involved with, with the, the guys from Tight Fit with their new track? Well, um I, I actually had done a mix um, of them 
or for them, well, of them really, before, uh, through Almighty Records. At the time, uh, Almighty asked me to do a mix of Fantasy Island, of the tight fit version. And um, I did that. Um, unfortunately, at the time, it wasn't used. Uh, so that's still floating about somewhere at the Almighty offices. Um, but then uh, Tightfit signed with Energize Records quite recently, uh, a label based, uh, well, at the time they were based in London, they moved um, last year. But um, yeah, and they uh, they just pitched this song to me and I was, I, I took, it took me about half a second to say yes, because it's such a brilliant song. I mean, the demo I was sent already was phenomenal. Uh, it's such a great song. Um, Tony Webb, who co-wrote it and did some backing vocals and arrangement on it, has done a stunning job. Sorry, I just I don't have the name of the other writer now in my head, but uh, forgive me. Anyway, uh, it's a fantastic song, and I thought it was so great that it was tight fit, um, and it was a chance to sort of a revenge on the Fantasy Island mix not being released. I thought, well, <laughs> at least this one will be. Yeah. And uh, and then with such a great song, I mean, it was. It was just fun to do. It was wonderful. Oh, brilliant. And you've worked, recently worked with Erasure as well. And um, was that a kind of similar kind of a deal? Because certainly their most recent album, um, uh, I saw Erasure back in October in Glasgow, and they were phenomenal uh, and still really kind of cutting edge sounds. But um, to be, I think to, to be able to work with people like that, it's um, they're still kind of 30 years on producing great music. It must be, uh, must be enjoyable. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a massive Erasure fan. I always have been. I mean, I, I've followed them since the very beginning. And before that, I mean, I'm 53. So when Yazoo uh, broke, I was uh, I bought their their music. And then I followed Vince Clark's career ever, ever since. And also backwards to his work with the Depeche Mode in the beginning. But yeah, so I've, I've, I saw Erasure perform at some small local festival in the Netherlands in maybe 87 or something. Okay. Um, you know, and stood at, in the parking lot waiting for them to get an autograph. I was a real fanboy at the time. And to then, you know, uh, 20 years later, or what is it, 25, um, I was asked to remix them for the first time. Uh, I've done three mixes now for them. Um, I, it, that was just amazing. I mean, the best, the best mix, I mean, not the best mix, but the, what I enjoyed most was when uh, I was asked by Newt Records uh, to do a Erasure remix. And they basically said, which one do you want to do uh, from the back catalogue? That was for the uh, Moscow to Mars box set. So that was just a dream come true. And I said, um, uh, heavenly action, because um, I always loved that song. Um, and there had never been any proper remixes for that. So they actually had to um, to get the tapes, uh, have them digitized for me uh, at Abbey Road, and then sent me uh, the work Vince Clark had done in, you know, what was it, 1984, 1985, on the Wonderland album. And to just sit here in my, you know, little studio and hear those, you know, those iconic erasure sounds as he produced them at the time, it was just a dream come true. It's fantastic. No, so I, I think uh, yeah, I think Andy quite likes what I do. Andy hmm. uh, Andy Bell, uh, I've done some solo stuff for him too. Yeah, um, big big fan. Uh, so no, that, that, that's brilliant. Um, anyone on the bucket list that you want to work with that you, you you've not quite had the chance to um, 
do officially um obviously you've mentioned that already um but yeah. is there anyone else out there that you think um that would be really really fun to, to work with or even to to kind of go backwards and kind of kind of work with maybe like an 80s or a kind of 90s band that maybe are wanting to come back out oh yeah i mean um I mean, I'm a huge Robin fan. I just love Robin's voice. Um, I hear she's recording again. I think I, I would uh, be very thrilled if I would ever get to remix her. Um, and gosh, I mean, there are so many exciting artists and I can't think of anyone at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it would be, I mean, I would have to say ABBA, obviously. Mm. Um, and uh I don't have a specific uh, other one at the moment uh, at the top of my head. Well, I think what was really great, like, I saw, I think you, you tweeted out uh, recently that um, on the, the most recent Steps tour, so Steve Anderson uh, kind of Steps, musical producer, um, he picked the, the playlist for the, the kind of pre-show uh, songs. And I, I think he, he used one of your remixes uh, yeah. on, 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 the, on the playlist. That was mad. I mean, I, I love hearing stuff like that because, I mean, um, I don't often hear my stuff played out, uh, you know, in a uh, sort of like a bar setting or a club or on the radio. I mean, the, the Silla Black single was played on BBC and uh, a couple of others. But, um, yeah, to see and even a bootleg of mine being played in that setting was just, uh, it was really fun. Several people sent me clips of, you know, se several different venues where they heard Dancing Queen being played at. So I was, uh, I was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. It was played in Glasgow as well. I can confirm. It so was, I, yeah. I, I, I was there. <laughs> and, Lovely. Uh, dancing along to it before Steps came on stage. So no, it was a uh, really good uh, fun on that front. Matt. So, um, well, listeners to that, there's a little bit of a treat. So um, Matt's kind of agreed that he's taken a little bit of a look at our uh, bumper music, which uh, is the introduction and the close of the show every month. And uh, Matt's uh, very kindly um, offered to have a little bit of a look at that and put a little bit of that Matt pop swing on that. So um, at the tail end of the show, we'll, we'll edit that in uh, so that all you uh, listeners can, can hear that I'm very excited to, to hear uh, what he does with our with our bumper music and I think that's mm -hmm. uh, going to be a, a lot of fun hope you enjoy that yeah no but uh, big thank you to Matt for, for joining us uh, people that aren't familiar with you Matt where can they find uh, your work um, easiest is to just uh, look out for uh, Matt Pop official on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, basically, or you know, in in any of the uh, sort of musical uh, download sites, you know, and your Spotify everywhere, just uh, try looking for Mad Pop Remix, and you'll find a couple. Not all, but uh, you'll find a few. You'll that find way. some. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. People that listened to Alan Jay's episode that we did the kind of monthly of this show. Um, so Alan, uh, one of his tracks, uh, Drama Queen, which we actually played on the show um, a few months back. Um, I know you did a version of that and it's, it's actually on my playlist on my iTunes. So um, it's a part, part of my kind of regular listening. So uh, there's a little bit of synergy there as well with the previous shows that we've done. Um, so uh, it's quite nice to kind of keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, love Alan. Um, done quite a few mixes for him too. Uh, I've met a guy. He's a really great. Uh, he's a lovely lad. Yeah, yeah, he was good fun on this as well. But no, big thank you, Matt, for coming on. Um, it's been a, a lot of fun chatting with you. I uh, wish you 
all the best in uh, tracking down ABBA and getting to, to work with them. Um, but uh, thank you very much for, for giving up your time uh, this evening uh, to come out and chat to us. And uh, it's, it's been it's been great. Thanks, Gary. It's been a pleasure. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks very much, Matt. Speak to you again. Bye-bye now. Cheers. You have been listening to a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music Collab.